You're listening to Things of Faith. Welcome to Things of Faith, the opportunity for us to discuss the basics, um, the orthodox Christian views, the things that unite us and um, try to bring us together so that we can walk this life of faith together, having conversations, and hopefully this just spurs you all on to read more or to have new conversations or different conversations. Joined by Pastor Stoops from Kentucky. Welcome, Pastor Stoops. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Always good to be with you. Yep, we are um, today going to move into discipleship. And the conversation that we are having um, trying to prep for this is I really enjoy. So behind the scenes of this podcast, there is a book, a Christian Believer Bible Study Series that kind of helps us with the order of topics and um, has brought us to this place. And one of the things that I am impressed about it is that this starts when it talks to the Christian and gets into more of the individual life. It starts with the idea of worship, as we did. We went to worship. Then it does sacraments. And then it uses the word today that we're going to use of discipleship. I could see the the room as they're arguing over the where to put the topics and all. <laughs> I could see there being a very heated debate to put the topic of discipleship in front of the disciple, in front of worship, in front of sacraments, which in my mind, what it would do is it would really bring the emphasis down to the, okay, you are a disciple, you are following Jesus, that the, the word discipleship, right here, the word disciple in there, you are a follower of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, you worship. As a follower of Jesus, you partake of the sacraments and all of that flowing out of this idea of discipleship. The reason I like that they have put worship first and sacraments first is I think it flows then out of the work of Jesus, the grace of Jesus, Jesus on the cross. What does that work do? That work leads us naturally to worship. Please look at what he's done. Look at how he's come to us. How has he come to us? In the form of bread and wine, of the water of baptism. All of those, as I think Stoops and I did a good job of emphasizing, are God's movement towards us, which creates then beautiful acts of worship. When you realize then who he is, what he's done, the soul stirring it's caused in you, that makes you turn around and go, well, how can I be like him? What should I do to follow him? What can I do to have my life modeled after this one who has done so much for me? And I, I think that that's a beautiful order because as we've talked about over and over and over, the work of Christianity is always starting with God's work towards us, God's movement towards us, God's action towards us, and then we respond to that action. 
And so, um, Stoops, you had a really good mm-hmm. idea of like the secular discipleship, how this would, how you could translate this into something that you'd see today um, outside of the church world. But I want you to give that example again, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a, it was kind of funny because when we started the conversation and talking about that kind of order question, which, you know, is a structural question, some people think it's interesting, some people don't. But I, at first I was kind of like, well, actually, maybe the other way would have made sense. But I really liked how you explained that it's really this sense of awe that is leading us forward. That's almost, if you will, propelling us forward yep. to be more like Jesus, to do the things that Jesus did. I, I think that you know the clear mirror in the secular world is that um, awe leads to commitment. Awe leads to intentional discipleship, if you will. And we see that like when we look at um, you know teenagers or anyone sees a sporting star just you know at the top of their game in the championship or or throwing you know 100 yard passes and all this kind of stuff like there's this awe there's this like almost transcendence of going that is an amazing physical feat i want to do that yeah i want to do that i mean and as thinking about it further like when i was in high school um to play uh to to get into playing guitar i tried several times to like commit myself of like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna practice my guitar i'm finally gonna learn how to play guitar but it really was i was listening to bands that i loved and they would have these guitar licks that i was like i want to play that I want to do that. Okay, I'll yes. I'll do what is necessary to get to that. Point. You know, like it, so, but it begins with that sense of like awe, transcendence, something yeah. beyond yourself, yep. that then leads to transformation, that then leads right. to intentionality, then leads to commitment. Because otherwise, it's just dry. It's just it's and, just hard work for for the sake of hard work, right? And yeah, there are a couple humans in the world who want to sadistically beat themselves up for <laughs> their fingers yeah. up for nothing. But I, I really, I think that what you said and moving to like music, uh, listening to John Mayer, who is an incredible guitar player, talked about like him falling in love with guitar. It was just him wanting to do exactly what you said. He hear a guitar player, I, I want to play that. I want to be able to do that. I want to sound like this guy. And it's until you can learn how to sound like that guy, then you can start your own style. But it's just mm-hmm. starting by going, okay, I'm going to play that Jimi Hendrix yeah. lick a thousand times yeah. over and over and over again. And because why? It is so cool. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it sounds so amazing. Or thinking about the sporting world, sitting in a stadium and you know, I've been in not I haven't been in any of the huge games, the Super Bowl, the World Series, or whatever, but I've been in big enough games where that moment that the you know, the guy throws the perfect pass and runs the perfect route or hits the home run and the whole stadium, that energy of the stadium just feeling the passion of the win and you can't you can't um you can't recreate that. That is so beautiful and so like uh, wonderful, that then that goes, I want to be a part of that, right? I want I mm-hmm. want that to to be around me, which is, I mean, we could probably go off then on on why our, these people we're talking about get hooked on different drugs and stuff, because it is so addicting, that moment and that, that mm-hmm. time. And so, but that awe does propel you to sitting in your living room and playing a guitar lick or, or mm-hmm. hitting mm-hmm. the ball a thousand times. Why? For that moment. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, I, the word uh, captivating kind of, mm. I, I don't know if we've said that, but that, that's kind of what comes to mind is like there's, and, and I think that 
you know, wherever we are on our walk of faith, like maybe we're down the line, we're like, yeah, I want to be a, a, a better disciple. I want to see more and more transformation, more and more spiritual growth, or we're just starting out, or we're still got questions. Like there is something captivating that for 2000 years has captivated yeah. people about Jesus. About Jesus. Yep. Yep. Know, the number yep. of people that are like, like even askew a, a the Christian label, but go, but there's something about Jesus. Right. Like there's, there's something there. There's something about that guy that I just want to be around. And and that was also what he had when you see the stories in the Gospels, right? They're, the people who really wanted to be by him were the ones who were the outcasts, were the ones who were the capital S sinners, the, the ones that people would say, oh, look at what they've done. They don't deserve mm-hmm. blank. They couldn't get enough of Jesus. Uh, 5,000 people, feeding 5,000 people in a day before the internet, before things would go viral, he had 5,000 people wanting to listen. And that was, you know, depending on how you count it, but that probably wasn't including women and children, right? We're talking mm. massive amounts of people who just want to be near Jesus and they just want to follow him and and get what he gets. Um, uh, the I think it's Rob Bell in one of his NUMA videos where he talks about, you know, the disciples are those who want to be in the dust of their leader, right? They want the dust of their leader to cling to their tunic. Why? Because they're following so closely and they just feel that dust coming off of them, onto them. And that's what we need as as Christians is, is what we're talking about in discipleship is looking to Jesus and saying, I want to be near that. I want some mm-hmm. of that to be inside of me. And I want to, I'm willing to make the sacrifice, do the hard work to get to that. And and I, I'd love for us to explore like kind of the, the middle point, like what is discipleship and what does that look like intentionally? But first, I think, I think it's important. We've kind of identified the input to discipleship, if you will, is awe, yep. is captivation with Jesus. Like okay. it's got to start with that. Um, but I also think it's important pretty early on to talk about the output as well. Yes. And that the output, the transformation, the change, isn't to create copycat Christians. No. Like even how you were saying about how, you know, we, you know, uh, I think it was John Mayer or whatever, you know, he learns the like to, to sound like someone else, but then, then has his own sound. Exactly. Right? Like that part of the purpose of discipleship isn't just that we all become cookie cutter, nice Christian yeah. men and women, but that we become more fully who God has gifted and placed and created us to be. Right. Yeah, we become more comfortable in, and, you know, we were talking about earlier before we hit record, um, the individual or the corporate. In this disciples world, you can get sucked into the just about me and Jesus, just about what I do and how I am. And in that thing, then you have to be everything. You have to be, you know, the teacher, the learner, the the musician, the everything. But when you're just following Jesus, you realize your beautiful place inside the kingdom, that you have gifts and abilities, you have strengths and weaknesses, and you have this wonderful outflowing of the faith that's in you that does that does bring a lot to the table, but also needs a lot of other people to be around you, to assist you, to... Um, celebrate with you the things that you're good at and the things you're weak at. Yeah, I I think it's so easy in the walk of discipleship to get discouraged. Um, And and I think some of that comes back to the fact that we do try to Lone Ranger it all the time. 
right. because that's kind of the ideal is you've got your quiet time and that's pretty much all you need. Make sure you go to church once in a while and yep. that's good. And like if we wanted to be world-class athletes, we know we would need a coach. Like no matter how exactly. gifted we are just naturally. And some people are more gifted naturally in reading the scriptures or memorizing yep. them or uh, worshiping or, or praying. Or or, yeah, the, I yeah exactly. Um, but like, but then we go, well, do you have a coach? Oh, no, 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 just, I got, I got, I'm, I'm team Jesus, coach Jesus. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> yes, Jesus is the, he's the head coach, right? He's the, right. the chief shepherd. But there's a reason that there are under shepherds. Like there's reasons exactly. that there are those who may have the pastor title or yep. maybe don't have that pa title, but are that in, yeah. in leading and other teaching. people. Yeah. And, and watching and being a part of your life. And so, you know, I think about when you're talking, I think about Paul saying that, you know, watch me as I follow Christ, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we do need living and breathing people around us who we're looking like and looking at going, okay, that's how they handle the situation. Um, I want to have a conversation with that person. And so I, I think a quick, like just a pastoral thing to commit to everyone who's listening to this, I like to think of it as um, two different groups of three. Who are the three people above you who you are intentionally looking at, listening to, that are discipling you, that you will allow to ask you hard questions, you will allow to teach you about Jesus, you will allow to you allow them to show you new things about Christ. And are you making sure those relationships are regularly happening? Are you attending worship? Are you going to those Bible studies? Are you meeting with that person? And at the same time, and this is, I think, mind-blowing, especially even to you 14-year-olds, 18-year-olds, who are you discipling? There are people who are watching you. There are people who are looking to you and are going, oh, okay, that's how they do that thing. Are you allowing them into your life? Are you intentionally pursuing them? Are you making space to pray with them and be with them? And so I think both of those, and then if you think about it, right, there's three above, three little lines above you, three little lines below, and then there's this incredible network, this web of, of relationships that are happening that are both encouraging us, that we're teaching, that we're learning from. And I think that's how God intended the church to be, is this beautiful web. And for your whole life, you have above and below. Yeah. You're never graduate out yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. I know. It's funny. I, I was thinking it's like, it's not like, you know, Jesus was like one pastor at the top and 200 lines down. Um, right. No. You know, they, no, that's not, that's not the model. Like there, there is a place nope. for biblical church leadership and equipping the saints, but you know, you, we need discipleship in so many areas of our life. How yep. would, how could one person fulfill all of those? You know, I, I'm going to learn about grilling and smoking meat from one person. I'm going to learn about Bible right. study from someone else. I'm going to learn about worship exactly. from someone else. I'm going to learn about exactly. parenting from someone else. Exactly. And that, that, those roles God has given in order to be that multi-view, multi-functional thing. And I, I, I think it's a really beautiful opportunity for us to understand that we we need flesh and blood people to follow. The Holy Spirit has given us those, has empowered them to do that. And then we live out that faith. And the other thing, as you were talking about the output, uh, I think we need to mention where we talked about the fruits of the Spirit, that the output of discipleship is not necessarily there are actions, right? There are things you serve the poor, you give your money, you spend your time. But also I think the beautiful output 
are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Those are things that come out of following Christ. And I, when I teach on this, I, there's a temptation, I believe, in all of us, and I, I understand it totally, to get caught up in the actual fruits of the Spirit. How can I be more loving? How can I be more joyful? And to me, that's like a apple farmer picking one individual apple and going, I want to make this apple better. And how does he do that? Well, he shines it up and he spray paints it red and pumps some um, sugar syrup in it so it tastes good. But really, it's still a rotting apple, right? It's still, how does the apple farmer make his apples better? He fixes the tree. He prunes the tree. He fertilizes the tree. He waters the tree. And a well-watered tree produces good fruit. That's, that, that's the way it works. How do we, if we want to be more loving, do we close our eyes and clench our fists and work on being more loving? No, I, I think we look at where our tree is. Is our tree being watered by the Holy Spirit in worship? Is our tree having the opportunity to, as we just talked about, have people encourage us, have people challenge us? Are we pouring ourselves out um, by serving others? All of those things then produce the fruit. Yeah, and I, I think the practical part, part of the practical piece for people is think about it in terms of organic and organized discipleship, right? Because like there's some organic aspects of discipleship that just happen, like just life on life. Yeah, you, you, yep. you, hey, how did you do that? Or how did you do this in your career? Or how do you do your finance? Or how do you do this? Like there's just organic conversations and organic inputs that happen. But let's also not neglect the organized component of it, of, you know, part of our discipleship is worshiping with the saints, uh, right. uh, you know, uh, being in the scriptures, being in prayer for, for one another and um, alone with the Lord. And, and so like there's intentionality in both. Like, they're not opposed to one another. It's not like, oh, I just become a disciple when I feel like it. Well, there's times where we're going to feel like it. And then there's a lot of times where we need to have an organized intentionality to continue to see that kind of growth. So think about it in those categories of like, what are my organic inputs? And how can I be intentional about those, fostering those relationships you were talking about? But also, how can I be intentional about the organized component of it, of is my life set up to continue to be a disciple of Jesus? Right. Do I wake up and go to church because it's what I need to do, even though I don't feel like it, <laughs> even though it would be easier to sleep in, it'd be easier to do something else? Have Do I make time for the word of God to come into me in different ways? Do I, yeah, there's um, feelings follow commitment, but often we, we flip it around and say, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't have the feelings, then I'm not committed. And But when we commit to discipleship, why do we commit? Because what we talked about at the beginning, the beautiful awe, those knowing how amazing Jesus is, how amazing grace is, what it's like to be forgiven, how deeply you are forgiven. Um, better than any guitar lick or sporting event is that truth. And then that truth causes us to fall more and more in love and want to want to do the dirty hard work of yeah just practicing the lick in the basement over and over and over again. So, yeah, what a what a cool opportunity for us to do that. Any closing thoughts? I think just the, knowing that it, someone can be overwhelmed with this conversation, right? I I'm sure that they're like I, I I don't even know what the first step is. But 
I think we do know what the first step is or maybe just the next step. And I would just encourage people to take that next step, whatever it is, just it's in front of you. It's a 30 second thing, whether it's like, oh, I, I think the next step is I'm supposed to pray about this. Well, yep. don't don't go, well, I need to pray about it. I'm going to put it on the to do list. Like, yep. no, just right now, like turn this podcast or off I need to text that person, text that person. Like, yeah, you know, who's when we talked about the three people, you're like, oh no, I haven't talked to so and so in a long time. Text them. Yeah. So right? that, that would be my encouragement is out of this is like, yeah, this can get, you know, be really heady and everything, but just fall more and more in love in Jesus and just take the next step. Yep. And just do that next little thing. And it doesn't have to be, yeah, it's not going to be the huge going on the mission trip tomorrow. It's going to be the, oh, I texted that person. I called them. I, I read that scripture verse of the day and reflects on it for a minute. Great. Wonderful. I prioritized worship in my life. I prioritized whatever it was. So, woof, love it. Love the conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Stu. Thank you, Pastor Scott. Thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for listening, taking your time out of your day. Okay, guys, we will see you soon in the podcast world. Bye. You're listening to Things of Faith.